I asked Hallett to lead us in that song because it speaks to me of the sea and the love of God being like the ocean. I can just picture uh, a sailing ship from the 1800s just booming through the waves and the spray and the, you know, just, just, uh, just love that song. But um, before we get started, let's have a word of prayer, amen? Father, thank you for just a chance this morning to come together and to give you thanks. You are worthy, Lord, of all our praise, of all our worship, of all that we are and all that we'll ever be. We give you glory and honor that your Spirit would use this time to speak powerfully to us and to overflow Give us an overflowing baptism, if you will, Lord, with gratefulness and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want to begin by talking about and reminding you of the story of John Newton. How many of you remember John Newton and who he is? He was a slave ship captain in the 1700s. He came to Christ at sea when he was 23 years of age through a couple of bad storms. The first bad storm that came along, he, he got serious about the Lord and believed and, and came to, to believe in the doctrines of, of the Christian faith. But in a second storm and a time when he was very, very sick, he surrendered completely to Jesus Christ. At 29, he gave up seafaring and became a tax collector and studied for the priesthood. And many years later, 10 years later, at the age of 39, he became an Anglican priest. With the help of a friend, William Cowper, a poet, he wrote many hymns, the most famous of which that we sing often is Amazing Grace. Late in life, he actually joined forces with William Wilberforce to abolish the slave trade in Great Britain. He um, lived to see the passage of the Slave Trade Act of 1807, just months before he died. The title of my sermon this morning is taken from a quote from, from John Newton. The title is, Dropping Anchor in the Waters of Thankfulness. When he was a priest, he wrote a letter to a complaining friend. I'd like to read it together. Newton wrote, I am just coming from seeing A.N. The people told me she is much better than she was, but she is far from being well. She was brought to me in a parlor, which saved me the painful task of going to inquire and seek for her among the patients. My spirits always sink when I am within these mournful walls, and I think no money could prevail on me to spend an hour there every day. Yet surely no sight upon earth is more suited to teach one thankfulness and resignation. Surely I have reason in my worst times to be thankful that I am out of hell, out of Bedlam, out of Newgate. If my eyes were as bad as yours and my back worse, still I hope I should set a great value upon this mercy that my senses are preserved. I hope you will think so too. The Lord afflicts us at times, but it is always a thousand times. Where did my screen go? 
Oh, man, I'm going to need some help here. Bill, can you come help me? <laughs> While he's doing that, I'll, I'll tell you that uh, this morning, normally when I get ready to preach, I spend time praying, of course, Sunday morning. But this morning, my schedule was completely upset because um, my daughter Hannah was running in the Route 66 marathon. And so I was trying to maintain a prayerful attitude and walk down to the starting line and there's fireworks and confetti and the song is just blasting through the speakers, we will, we will rock you. <laughs> and uh, so at that point I just kind of gave up and enjoyed the moment and uh, we were rooting her on. Okay, starting in the middle here, the Lord afflicts us at all times... Uh, us at times, but it, it, always, it is always a thousand times less than we deserve, and much less than many of our fellow creatures are suffering around us. Let us therefore pray for grace to be humble, thankful, and patient. This day, 12 month, I was under Mr. W's knife. There is another cause for thankfulness, that the Lord inclined me to submit to the operation and brought me happily through it. In short, I have so many reasons for thankfulness that I cannot count them. I may truly say they are more in number than the hairs of my head. How many of you would say amen to that? And yet, alas, how cold, insensible, and ungrateful. I could make as many complaints as you, but I find no good by complaining, except to him who is able to help me. It is better for you and me to be admiring the compassion and fullness of grace that is in our Savior than to dwell and pour too much upon our own poverty and vileness. He is able to help and save to the uttermost. There I desire to drop anchor and wish you to do so likewise. Hope in God, for you shall yet praise him. I am, etc., John Newton. What a great phrase. There I desire to drop anchor. And that's my hope this morning is that we can drop anchor anew in the waters of thankfulness. I want to share some quotes with you on gratefulness, some contemporary research on gratefulness and, and thanksgiving, some admonitions from the scriptures, some way the book of Psalms says we can thank God, and then give you a chance to publicly drop anchor and thank God in front of everyone here. So let's, let's begin and look at some quotes on gratitude. William Blake said, Gratitude is heaven itself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, In ordinary life we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give, and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It's very easy to overestimate the importance of our own achievements in comparison with what we owe others. Cicero, that great Roman orator, said, A thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue, but the parent of all other virtues. George Herbert said, Thou hast given, me, has given so much to me, give one more thing, give one thing more, a grateful heart. Not thankful when it pleaseth me, as if thy blessings had spare days, but such a heart whose pulse may be thy praise. 
William Law said, Would you know who is the greatest saint in the world? It is not he who prays most or fasts most. It is not he who lives most, but it is he who is always thankful to God, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. C.S. Lewis, we ought to give thanks for all fortune if it's good because it's good, if bad because it works in us, patience, humility, and contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country. Martin Luther, see that you do not forget what you were before, lest you take for granted the grace and mercy you receive from God and forget to express your gratitude each day. And then Robert Louis Stevenson, the person who has stopped being thankful, has fallen asleep in life. These quotes are available here on the stage um, for those who would like a hard copy. I want to share with you some current research on um, something called the science of happiness. It's a study of uh, happiness and why is it that some people are resilient in the face of tragedy and other people, um, it, you know, tragic events like war really take them, take them down. So why are some people happy and, and others aren't? In 1998, there was an incoming American uh, Psychological Association president named Martin Seligman, and he launched uh, what has become known as the science of happiness, um, or also called positive psychology. Let me pick up in a Time magazine article from January 2005. For most of its history, psychology has concerned itself with all that ails the human mind, anxiety, depression, neurosis, obsessions, paranoia, and delusions. The goal of practitioners has been to bring patients from a negative ailing state to a neutral normal, or as University of Pennsylvania psychologist Martin Seligman puts it, from a minus five to a zero. It was Seligman who had summoned some others to Mexico in 1998 on his first day as president of the American Psychological Association to share a vision of a new goal for psychology. He said, I realized that my profession was half-baked. It wasn't enough for us to nullify disabling conditions to get to zero. We need to ask, what are the enabling conditions that make human beings flourish? How do we get from zero to plus five. Every incoming APA president is asked to choose a theme for his or her year-long term in office. Seligman was thinking big. He wanted to persuade substantial numbers in the profession to explore the region north of zero, to look at what actively made people feel fulfilled, engaged, and meaningfully happy. Mental health, he reasoned, should be more than the absence of mental illness. It should be something akin to a vibrant, and muscular fitness of the human mind and spirit. So this, this discipline's been around for 10 or more years, and you might wonder, what have they found? Uh, what is it that makes for happiness according to research? Well, it's not wealth, surprisingly. It's not education. It's not a high IQ. It's not youth. It's not sunshine more than rain. Um, one uh, 
researcher, Dr. Bill O'Hanlon, in a paper on the science of happiness, summed it up this way. He said, what it is, is soap. Social connectedness, this is an acronym. Social connectedness, by this he went on to say that if you have at least five close personal friends, that you, you will report 50% uh, greater happiness than those that have fewer than five friends. Friends are critically important. O stands for optimism. Um, you may be aware of the behavioral science social experiments where they put a dog in a half a cage and uh, put some food in the other half and when a buzzer rang he could go into the other half and get the food. Um, but after a time they electrified the half um, that had the food and so he would, they would ring the bell, he would move, try to move into the, where the food is and he would get elect electrocuted, shocked. And so he would stop. And as that was repeated many, many times, um, eventually the dog just gave up trying to go in where the food was. That's called learned helplessness. Um, another example is a northern pike. Those of you from my neck of the woods love the northern pike. It's a, a, a very aggressive, voracious fish. Uh, they dropped minnows in with a hungry northern pike, and he just boom, ate those minnows. And, so then they put a glass partition in that he, you know, couldn't, couldn't recognize, dropped a minnow in the other side, and bang, he hits the, the plexiglass or glass divider. And after doing that a bunch of times, he just gave up. And then they would remove the, the, divider, the divider and put minnows all around him, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't attempt to, to eat the minnows. That's an example of learned helplessness. Well, Seligman and his colleagues said, can optimism be learned? Can we, can we have learned optimism? And in fact, they've decided that yes, that is the case, that we can actually increase, we can actually train our brains to be at least 25% happier than we are normally. So optimism. Optimism makes me think of Philippians 4.4, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Or Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how we can actually create new neurological pathways through our brain that will allow us to be happier and living according to the Word of God. Then a third one, and this is the one that relates most closely to what we're talking about today, is appreciation. Another word, other words for appreciation or by appreciation, they mean thankfulness, gratefulness, and even uh, the aspect of savoring life, savoring sunsets, great meals. Um, in my case, I savor my bed. I, how many of you love, just, just love your getting into your bed at night? And it's just, it's just so wonderful. Debbie. Yes. And Laura, I think I mentioned this before in a previous sermon. Laura says, don't you love me? Because I'm always saying, I love my bed, you know. But I say, yes, honey, I love you too. But uh, let's look at Philippians 4, verse 8, in relation to this, this idea of savoring life, 
being thankful and appreciative. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. What a fantastic verse about savoring life and appreciation. And then the fourth, the fourth um, significant variable in the science of happiness is purpose, being tapped into a purpose higher than yourselves. Well, of course, for us, that is uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and um, serving him and living for him. I remember um, maybe 20 years ago reading about studies about strong families. What are the characteristics that make up strong families? There was a group of researchers studying that. And uh, two, two, two things that I remember that were, were, were common in strong families is, one, they went camping, and two, they had a cause higher than themselves. Could have been the environment, politics, um, religion, uh, but when you have a cause higher than yourself, it tends to um, increase your happiness. Now, one guy named Dr. David Lichen from the University of Minnesota, he, he started asking the question, is our happiness level um, sort of stable? Is it biologically given to us? And uh, early in his career, he, he decided that the happiness set point, much like a weight set point, how many of you are struggling with your weight set point these days? Uh, you exercise and exercise and exercise, but your weight stays the same. Well, you might argue it's your set point. But um, early in his career, he thought that our, our happiness levels are pretty stable. And in fact, that there's a lot of truth to that. For example, um, in, in the 70s, there was a study of people who won the lottery, as well as people who suffered paralysis. Um, and both groups, while there was a spike in happiness for those who won the lottery, eventually they would return back to their general level of happiness before they won the lottery. Paraplegics or, or people who had, were paralyzed, um, they would eventually come back. There would be a drop, of course, in their happiness, but they would eventually come back almost to the same level of happiness. So, so Dr. Lichen said our, our, our happiness set point is pretty, pretty stable. But later, and after more research, he decided he was wrong and that we could significantly uh, increase our happiness level by being grateful, by um, doing certain things. These happiness boosters are examples of what, we, what people can do to increase their happiness. First of all, savoring life. Uh, how many of you would say as you've gotten older, you've um, begun to savor life more? You know, you would think with the slings and arrows of life that you would, you would be you would go the opposite direction, that you might get bitter or withdraw. And while that's tempting sometimes when we suffer, um, actually, as you get older, you tend to savor life more and more. Um, gratitude journaling, just journaling about good things that are going on in your, life, in your life tremendously apparently helps with your happiness set point. Acts of altruism or kindness where you get out of yourself and forget about yourself and you're helping others also is a great, a great boost. 
A gratitude visit, this is a specific exercise where you write a letter to a mentor or a teacher or a pastor or someone that has meant a huge amount to you, and then you take it to them and you read it to them personally. Uh, people who have done that have found that they are much happier for several months after that. I'm sure that any of the elders here would be happy to listen to your gratitude <laughs> letter. And then the three blessings exercise. This was an interesting study where they asked um, a, a depressed group and a control group. They asked the, the, the depressed group to, um, to uh, at the end of each day for a week, to write down three uh, things they were grateful for that happened to them that day, and then to reflect on what caused that thing to happen. And they showed incredible progress in becoming unstuck and coming out of depression by just doing that for one week. The power of gratitude and thankfulness is really catching on in uh, the world of research and science. The most fundamental finding is almost every person feels happier when they are with other people, more connected to others. Now, I can hear some of you saying, no, that's not me. I'm a lone wolf. I just want to get alone. Um, but the research says that it's kind of a paradox, that even though you want that, um, that you're actually happier, you would report greater levels of happiness when you're with other people. That guy has quite a name, doesn't he? It's actually pronounced, uh, Cheeks Sent Me High. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move off of uh, the research and go to admonitions from the scriptures, because that's what we're really here for this morning. In Colossians 2.7, we read, So walk in him, and to be overflowing with thanksgiving. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Just being overflowing with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In all circumstances, give thanks. Ephesians 5.20 says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God. What I want you to note here is that the scriptures go way beyond principles and habits that bring about greater personal happiness. The reason for giving thanks is what? It's a proper response to God and to Jesus Christ. Let's look at Psalm 50, verses 7 through 15, just to fortify that point. Psalm 57 through 15. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not reprove you for your sacrifices, and your burnt offerings are continually before me. I shall take no young bull out of your house, nor male goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. 
Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Offer to me a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble and I shall rescue you and you will honor me. What a beautiful scripture. I don't need anything from you, but what I want is that you would offer me a sacrifice of thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul thanked God for some very specific things, and I'm sure he had more than these three. But um, I was just noticing the theme in the New Testament when Paul would thank God. He thanked him for freedom from slavery to sin. Romans 7, 20 and 25. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. How many of you are thankful that God has delivered you from your body of death? Ephesians 1, 15 and 16. Paul also, uh, often in the New Testament, thanked God in all his remembrance of his fellow saints. An example. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. How many of you sometimes are overwhelmed with thanks for the saints that surround you? How many of you feel that? Just overwhelmed sometimes for the body of Christ, thankfulness for the body of Christ and for each other. And then Paul, of course, focused in on Jesus Christ himself, the greatest gift in 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And in Colossians 1.15 and 18, Paul makes an attempt or does his best to describe that indescribable gift. I'm going to read it slowly so you can just meditate on who Jesus Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Hallelujah. How many here are thankful for that indescribable gift of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to sort of finish up my time with 
sharing with you ten ways or words that are used to thank God from the Psalms. This list is on the other side of this piece of paper down here from the quote, so you can get both on one piece of paper. The first word is to exalt the Lord, which means to lift up in honor or to elevate in rank. Psalm 99.5, exalt the Lord and worship at his feet. Second word, much like it, is exalt, which means to express triumphant joy over the Lord. I will be glad and exult in thee, my God. Psalm 9, verse 2. Another closely close word is extolled, and that means to give high praise to God, to lift up your voice, to extol him, to laud him. Psalm 145.1, I will extol thee, my God, O King. The fourth word is boast. That means to speak with excessive pride, to speak with excessive pride about the Lord. Psalm 34.2 my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And number five, magnify. That means to enlarge in size or to intensify the view for others. Psalm 34, 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Number six, ascribe. That means to assign value to, to uh, to highlight the quality of or the attributes of. Psalm 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Number seven is declare, to publicly and emphatically make known. Psalm 35.28, my tongue shall declare thy righteousness and thy praise all day long. Number eight is to tell which means to give an account of or to narrate a story. Psalm 66, 16, Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. How many of you would love an opportunity to tell what God has done for your soul? Hallelujah. Number nine is praise, the act of expressing approval or admiration or commendation. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then number 10 is to bless. That means to extol the Lord or to pronounce him as holy. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We've looked at the story of John Newton. We've looked at some quotes, some contemporary research, some admonitions from the scriptures, some ways the book of Psalms says we can thank God. And now I want to give the body a chance to drop anchor, if you will, in the waters of thankfulness. This is a beautiful Psalm 35, verse 18, a beautiful verse, I will give thanks to thee. In the great congregation, I will praise thee among a mighty throng. I want to challenge you. You know, it's one thing to sing worship songs when you're surrounded by others, and, but 
to come and give thanks to the Lord. You, you, you take a stand. You, you get a chance to publicly thank God. I want to ask you to consider coming this morning. We don't have a ton of time, but, but let's just thank the Lord publicly. Um, so please come. Just come, and we can make little lines here. Don't talk too long because we've got a lot of people. But just come. Sue, lead us off. Don't hesitate to come if you know you want to come. I know a lot of you are aware of the really horrible accident our daughter Sarah was in when Gordon and I were in Ukraine. And uh, over and over again, since then, I just... I, it was hard for me even to realize what happened to her and the fact that she came out of that without a scratch. But Thank you, Lord. I constantly am thanking God for that and his great mercy that he showed to us and to her and for his protection. I just thank him for his faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. I'm just incredibly grateful for the leaders we have here at TCF. Um, just in general, I'm grateful for leaders, but this year um, there's been several specific instances where um, the leaders of TCF prayerfully um, spoke into my life and gave direction and leadership, and I have seen the hand of God on those decisions that they made and his blessing on my life because of those. And I just specifically wanted to say that um, they're the ones who um, first invited me to lead Fast Track and then suggested that Sarah Dunn help me. And I have just been overwhelmed with the blessing that she has been to me and to the kids. And uh, so I just want to encourage all of you guys to have... um, eyes and hearts of gratefulness to see how God is blessing you through our TCF leaders. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful that the Lord um, didn't leave me where he found me and um, for his great mercy to all of us and his vision over us as his sons and daughters and that he's not finished yet and um, for all that he can see that we can't and the way that he's going to do beyond all we can ask or imagine and lord we just ask you for revival and for more because we want to thank you more (laughs) yeah because you're so good and we we want to see you do all that you want to do have your way please be glorified amen amen jesus name amen thank you lord I just want to thank the Lord and all of you for all your prayers. You've been praying for my mom and me for a year now. But, you know, I look back at the last year and I think of all the things that that my mom and I have come through, you know, two major moves, which would not have been possible without this body that, you know, helped me physically through those in prayer and my mom's multiple illnesses and challenges you know and her foot that wouldn't heal for 10 months and now it's healed and it looks good you know and um but probably uh for her she's happy you know she had become overwhelmed with living alone in the house and the responsibilities and she's happy um she enjoys where she is she enjoys the people uh, you know and, and it's of course, I mean, it's, I'm sure she's happy, she's happy, but I'm so happy that she's happy. Yeah. And our relationship um, ha- is better 
uh, than it's been in 20 years. Um, we just have a, a great relationship. We enjoy being together, and um, we can joke, and we're and, and it's just God has just done so much in me and in her, you know, in the last year, and I am truly thankful and grateful for that. How many people were here when I first came to TCF? Raise your hand. <laughs> Not many. But you're here now, praise God. Um, but, you know, I came to the Jesus Inn and I was one really strange dude. And, uh, you know, I praise God and thank God for the Jesus Inn, for Gordon and all those that had a hand in that. TCF was really instrumental in that. And um, uh, the night that uh, Terry Hazen and Gordon led me to the Lord was, uh, it was the biggest thing that's ever happened in my life. I couldn't get a smile off my face for months. In fact, they told me, they said, you know, there's going to be trials in a Christian life. And I said, no way. This is too good. <laughs> you, know? you know, and it's still good. I, you know, I've been through a lot of trials. Um, a couple years ago, I went through the, the most severe trial that I've ever been through in my life. And if I hadn't had the body of Christ around me, and particularly... Um, a couple of really good brothers, uh, Al and Jeremy, um, and of course my wife. You know, I'm really grateful for her. She's, well, you know how good she is. Um, God is just wonderful. And, uh, you know, and John Newton said, you know, think about where you came from. Where were you before? And where he's brought you. And then I want to challenge you to think about all of those who don't know Jesus. Who are in that place where they're lost and they're dead and they're transgressions and sins and they have no hope. The only thing they hope is something in this world and it doesn't satisfy. So think about those and and take some action. Show up. Or the, what is it, lights on thing? Okay? Talk to a few people about Jesus. You know? Be grateful in that way. Show it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank the Lord for the last three years. Because the Lord's used me pour out the blessing that two individuals that stand with me from rough to thin in the last three years. I want to thank the Lord for Bill and Jim, which they know in the last three years I've lost family members. I've lost my dad, lost an aunt, and two uncles. And every time I needed help, I've gotten on the phone, and they've talked me through it. And this year, 
I've turned around and gave what they've given to me to people that's lost their family members. And I love both of these guys. Thank you, Lauren. agree with the little lady in the blue shirt and I am so grateful for his niceness, his sweetness and his kindness and um, a lot of people don't know him yet and I expect from him um, that special love that he has uh, to bring a lot of people in and I don't know how he's going to do it but he, he did it for me and he did it for others and I'm looking for him to do it for those poor little people. I'm thankful that you guys prayed for me uh, when it seemed rough. In retrospect, worrying seems pretty silly because God's always taken much better care of me than I've ever taken care of myself. Um, so I have more resources now than I did when I was employed. Uh, God, I never wanted for anything. Getting laid off is supposed to be a bad thing, but it's been a lot of fun. So, <laughs> I, I was going to let you guys keep praying for me, praying for me, praying for me. but I, I stopped looking for a job because I don't really want one. I'm having a lot more fun with my contracts, and thank you, everyone who prayed for me, and thank you all for being so supportive, and praise God for keeping my family I just want to, um, well, thank you all for praying for me recently with the, the dog bite issue. That was kind of unnerving, and Debbie with her wonderful support through that and giving up her piece of some of the conference for me. That was very sweet. Um, I also would like to thank the Lord for not leaving me alone. It's just how, how he lo- loves us. And um, that he sets us in a body, and this is a wonderful body, and he sets us in families, and I have a very wonderful, gracious family that puts up with a lot for me, so I'm just very thankful. And uh, anyway, just wanted to thank Jesus. just wanted to take this opportunity to thank the Lord. I'm very grateful to him. When I think back of where I came from and what I was to where he's brought me, it's incredible. And when I think of how much further I have to go and how he never fails to always lift us up, I am so grateful to you, God. God. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you, my Lord. What can I say? This is going to be gone real soon. The pain is nearly gone. Uh, you have been, this is, this is thanks for the body, because you have prayed me through some amazing things. I got the best job uh, review at my work that I've had. Um, 
when my car was broken into, you were there. Um, two days ago, my door was kicked in and I was burglarized. And it's just stuff. It's just stuff because from this point on, if there is never another good day as far as good things, God is enough. He is enough. And you have become my family, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think my mother really wanted to come up here, but she was just a little bit afraid. But God has blessed her in such an incredible way. Uh, She had cataract surgery about two months ago, and she could virtually see nothing from the left eye. Now she sees as well as out of the right eye, out of that eye. So we are so thankful, and uh, my mother's thankful. I'm thankful that my dad had the wisdom to move to Tulsa before he went to be with the Lord, and I'm thankful for my incredible TCF family and and our family that's gathering for Thanksgiving, our our own family. So God bless, and what what an incredible time. Um, I wanted to thank the Lord for a couple things specifically. One is the, um, I'm humbled often when I think of the privilege of serving you guys as a secretary here. And um, I'm so thankful and so, so blessed by that. And I just want to thank you for for that and thank the Lord for, for placing me here at such a time as this. And I also want to thank him for the good work he's doing in my family. Thank you, Lord. Um, I give praise to him. So. Thank you, Lord. God, I just want to thank you that you are relentless and that you are a warrior and that you never give up. We can't outrun you. We can't beat you. You're always there. I thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have spoken before about my involvement in Celebrate Recovery, and at that time, I don't know if it's still the same, It was a part of our introduction each week to the group that you mentioned your name and that you are a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And that set a seed in my heart that even as I was getting healing is, and my particular problem was selfishness, so it was all the more a poignant thing to be grateful. Recently, the church down the street had on its marquee, do the math, count your blessings. And I love that. And it's, again, caused me to think about how faithful he has been. And uh, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to... I just want to thank the Lord for the privilege of prayer. Um, it was perfect timing. God sent me to Ohio um, even a week later than I thought. My brother, the, the day before, was considering suicide. I got there in the Monday after that day, and 
the Lord had me stay up that night and pray for him. And I had told him, I am just a vessel. You know, the Lord fills me up. You know, it's just, I'm just a fallible vessel. But um, that, uh, that night I prayed and just prayed the word over him. And especially in Isaiah, it talks about um, beauty for ashes, a garment of praise and for a spirit of heaviness. He had been depressed for a month. The next day he got up and went to work and volunteered at a church, and he did that every day. And he told me, I have turned a corner. And I just thank you, the Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Because it's just him doing that work and for continuing to pray for him and keep in touch with him. But I'm just so thankful that he uses us to pray. My family's been coming to TCF since 77 this month. And, uh, well, actually it was June. We landed in Tulsa on a weekday. And the first Sunday, we ran our fingers through the telephone book and hit upon TCF, and we've been coming ever since. So... uh, I wasn't here for quite a while, but all through that time, y'all have prayed for me. You've upheld me during the years when Andy was in prison. Y'all prayed for him. Y'all have just encircled me with your love. And I'm a very prickly person and hard to get to know and very hard to trust anybody. But y'all still left me. And y'all still cared for me. And I just want to say how grateful I am for your care and your concern. And how much y'all have shown me the love of Christ. And I am so grateful for both that and for his love. And I just want to thank y'all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We could go on forever, I'm sure. Got another one? Carla. Let's let's end with this one. I really didn't want to come up here. I don't like coming up here. (laughs) God's been pushing me ever since uh, because I've been here a long time. I know most of you people don't know everybody. Uh, and my story is kind of like hers. Uh, somebody that used to be part of the church invited us and took us three weeks to find a church, and I'd been praying for a church. I want to, we've been here ever since, and my family's gone through a whole lot, but this church as a body has been here for my family. Not all of my family continues to go to this church, but this church continues to pray for my family, and that's really important to me. Not only that, I have now four members of my family are in the military. Only one of them has gone to war, and this is his second time in Iraq. But you continue to pray for that, too, and I really appreciate that. So I want you to know that God put me here. I'm grateful for you and for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand in just a symbol of thankfulness to God? I know everybody couldn't share, but let me end with this quote 
from William Law. It says, uh, he said, For there is no state of mind so holy, so excellent, and so truly perfect as that of thankfulness to God. Receive every day as a resurrection from death, as a new enjoyment of life. Meet every rising sun with such sentiments of God's goodness as if you had seen it and all things newly created upon your account. And under the sense of so great a blessing, let your joyful heart praise and magnify so good and glorious a creator. Father, we thank you for these moments where we've been able to express gratitude to you. But once again, I pray for a baptism in thankfulness and gratitude that we would be overwhelmed and overflowing each day of our lives. Not just today, not just each Thanksgiving season, but you'd move upon us. And we pray for any of those who are just in a hurting place right now. And um, maybe, maybe much of this has just uh, perhaps even been painful or been difficult to absorb. We pray for our brothers and sisters who might be in that situation. Lord, encourage their hearts today. Help them to follow hard after you and to continue to put their trust and hope in you and know that they shall again praise you. So we give you all the glory and all the praise for this time, Lord, and we ask for your dismissal in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You're dismissed.